0: This is a squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of iron ore and copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements at mine sites across Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com/critical to find out more.) Cryptocurrency, perhaps the most requested shortcut and one that's taken a little bit of time to wrap our head around, but we got there. And in this shortcut, we'll help you understand the basics of how cryptocurrency became a thing, how they hold value. Of course, we'll tell you about Bitcoin and also get you across the big players in the crypto game. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories.
1: I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball.
0: Alrighty, Claire, let's do this. To put it simply, cryptocurrencies are digital money that can be used to purchase goods and services.
1: Yep, that's it. And you can exchange real currency for cryptocurrency to access whatever it is you want to buy if the person who's selling accepts it, of course. And the idea is that as more people start holding this digital currency, the value goes up over time and it'll be used more and more. Right. And when we look back at when and why it was created, it has a lot to do with a lack of
0: trust in the banks due to the global financial crisis back in 2008.
1: Yeah, the idea really came to be at a time when there was a mortgage meltdown in the United States and the Federal Reserve there was bailing out the banks. In the middle of all of this, the unknown Satoshi Nakamoto, a name that's used by an anonymous person or people, uh, proposed a new form of digital money called Bitcoin, which works using blockchain. Bitcoin and blockchain,
0: something that we've introduced to the podcast early on. We'll get to them in a minute. You said Nakamoto's identity is unknown. It really is one of those mysteries as to who exactly he, she, it is. But what we do know is that they published a paper in 2008 that jumpstarted the development of cryptocurrency. All right, Claire, back
1: to Bitcoin. Okay, so Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency to truly explode. When we look at regular currencies, cash is controlled by the central banks, which means the government and regulators have a lot of control. What Nakamoto proposed with Bitcoin is a decentralised system. So that means that it's not backed or regulated by a central authority, such as a government or a bank. Instead, it's run using a network of computer software called blockchain, Bitcoin- also has an agreement of sorts with its code in that it's in finite supply. So there'll only ever be 21 million Bitcoins, which makes owning Bitcoin competitive. Gotcha. So it's, it's rare. What does this decentralised system mean for investors? It means that it's transparent so that it's readable by anyone within the network. Everyone knows how many Bitcoins there are and people can buy them with regular money and spend them where Bitcoin's accepted. All of that is controlled, as you say, by a piece of software which we know as blockchain. That's right. And what that basically is, is a network of computers all over the world that keeps track of every Bitcoin transaction ever made. So when users buy or sell Bitcoin, those transactions are recorded on a global database, which everyone with internet access can see. So no one person or institution controls the beast. And that's why some people think Bitcoin is more trustworthy than the banks. Attractive for some. Let's talk trading now. How do people actually go about that? To start, new bitcoins are generated through a process called mining, which is done through computers that solve maths problems. When computers solve those problems on the network, they not only produce new bitcoin, but they also make the network trustworthy and secure by verifying the transaction. So then, when a user wants to send cryptocurrency to another user, they send it to their digital wallet and the transaction is added to the blockchain so that it's on the public record. We saw this starting to come to life in 2010 when a handful of retailers started accepting Bitcoin. One of the first items ever purchased with crypto was a pizza.
0: Pizza, a worthy purchase, (laughs) I would have thought. Just to be very clear, the reason why the price of Bitcoin keeps jumping is because there is a finite number, as we said. So there are supply and demand factors at play.
1: Yeah. And because that's happening, people are starting to create more and more cryptocurrencies. There's Dogecoin, which is a reference to a popular internet meme. Elon Musk has been talking about it quite a bit lately. There's even Potcoin, which is a cryptocurrency for cannabis enthusiasts. Obviously, some of them are a joke, but some of them are more serious.
0: We're going to take a look at those in just a minute, Claire. But before we do, let's talk about what moves cryptocurrency markets now. Cryptocurrency prices are mostly moved, as we said, by supply and demand, which is largely linked to the fact that, as we've mentioned, there are limited Bitcoin. So more people wanting it, the more valuable it is. That's one of the reasons why we've seen the price of
1: Bitcoin rise this year. But there are also other market
0: movers, not dissimilar to the
1: regular ones. Yeah, that's right. Public sentiment and media buzz also has a very big influence over the price of cryptocurrencies. If a token or a platform gets negative publicity, you generally see the price of that coin take a dive. But if the same coin were to get a high profile supporter, the price is likely to increase. So hype definitely plays a very big part as it does in more traditional markets. An example of that is Elon Musk and his relationship with cryptocurrencies
0: over the past. Past a few months.
1: Yeah, exactly. Earlier this year, the billionaire Tesla owner and the second most wealthy man in the world added the hashtag Bitcoin to his Twitter bio, and that helped to briefly push up the price of the cryptocurrency by as much as 20%. And then in February, Tesla announced that it had bought US $1.5 billion in Bitcoin and said that it might soon accept payments for cars in that currency. Yeah, that helped Bitcoin reach an all-time
0: high of more than US $64,000.
1: And that was the day before the launch of America's largest cryptocurrency exchange, Coinbase, on Wall Street's NASDAQ stock exchange. Coinbase's listing was viewed by cryptocurrency fans as another sign of growing mainstream acceptance. And then it took a dive. It certainly did by more than 50% from those highs uh, to almost thirty thousand US dollars And that sell-off was accelerated when Elon Musk backtracked on his word and suspended plans to let Tesla customers pay for cars in Bitcoin. He said he had environmental concerns. It turns out Bitcoin mining uses more energy annually than Argentina. But what's been talked about a lot since then is concern about how Musk can shift prices of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies so dramatically just with a single tweet. And it's given further ammunition to the critics who say that cryptocurrencies are just too volatile. More on that in a moment. It's
0: important to note that Musk isn't the only one to blame for the huge sell-off. Let's back off Musk (laughs) a little bit. Bitcoin was also dealt a massive blow from China at the time.
1: Yeah, what happened was that China's financial regulators said that banks and payment firms were not allowed to offer clients any services using cryptocurrencies and authorities also warned of the risks linked to crypto assets. That news was more than enough to help send Bitcoin's value into a downward spiral. Gotcha. And since then, the price of Bitcoin has sort of bobbed up and down a little bit. Yeah, it's currently sitting around the 33 to 37,000 US dollar mark. Competing cryptocurrencies can also have an influence on the price of Bitcoin. While it might be the most well-known cryptocurrency, there are hundreds of other tokens vying for attention, including NFTs or non-fungible tokens.
0: Ah, uh, the old NFT I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> okay, well, you might remember there was a video of LeBron James dunking. It became a piece of digital art that was sold as an NFT for more than US $200,000. But a lot of the current excitement in the market of NFTs at the moment uh, has come from one piece of artwork. It was by artist Beeple. It was auctioned off for US $69 million dollars which is the same sort of price that paintings by well-known artists command, not their biggest works, but certainly uh, some of what they do, whether it's Picasso or Monet and others, it's just a whole new world that we're living in.
0: So it sounds exciting, but if someone was to ask me, what is an NFT? What do I
1: say, Claire? Okay, you can wow them with this. Non fungible, more or less, means that it's unique. So, for instance, a dollar is fungible because I can trade you for another dollar and it would be exactly the same thing and the same value. You can't do that with NFTs because they're one off, they're one of a kind. And NFT is essentially the token of authenticity that tells you that the product is unique. So if you have an image, a video, uh, the image is not the NFT. The certificate of authenticity for that image is an NFT.
0: Uh, That actually really does help. Thank you. (laughs) Let's not dwell, though. We've got a lot more to get across. Instead, let's head into our next segment on what people think of this new. Claire, we're working with BHP again on Weekly Wrap this week because they're keen to share with Squizzers how the
1: resources they mine are key for our economy's shift to renewable energy. Yeah, so we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role that mining companies are playing in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure, as well as bridges and transportation, hospitals and schools, and a big part of it comes from iron ore. That iron ore mainly hails from Western Australia, and BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Western Australian iron iron ore is clear. Yeah, and by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. That's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP,
0: and if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. Age currency and the big players in the crypto world. It's new, it's shiny. Cryptocurrency really does have the buzz, Claire. Let's start with those who
1: do see it as the next big thing. Supporters of Bitcoin generally believe that it could eventually replace government-issued currencies because of growing popularity of digital payments. Others say, as we touched on earlier, that they're fans because it's protected from manipulation by governments and central banks. It's offering a more democratic payment system, if you like.
0: And there are a lot of big names backing its success. We've already talked about Musk.
1: Yeah, and those also include Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. He's a huge fan of Bitcoin. In 2018, he said that he believes Bitcoin will become the world's single largest currency within 10 years. He's pretty sure of himself too. In February, he partnered with the singer and music producer and entrepreneur Jay Z. Uh, they put 23 US million dollars of Bitcoin into a development fund to support projects in Africa and India.
0: Yeah, they're certainly putting their money where their mouth is on Bitcoin's future. Not something the sceptics are rushing to do.
1: No, some have warned that the crypto boom, as it's being called, could be heading for trouble and that the coin itself has no intrinsic value. And some of the biggest critics are economists. They say that Bitcoin is neither a currency nor an asset. And it's pretty doubtful that institutions will adopt cryptocurrencies en masse, given how volatile that market is.
0: There's also a risk for investors, of course, they aren't protected by the likes of regulators if the asset does tank.
1: Yeah, and looking at um, home here in Australia, cryptocurrency exchanges are almost entirely unregulated with operators only required to be registered with the financial crime watchdog Oztrack for money laundering purposes. And because of that, there are growing calls for greater regulation of crypto trading platforms as more retailers and institutions eye digital assets.
0: And then I guess the question of whether cryptocurrencies really are becoming mainstream is still highly debated.
1: Yeah, one side, the optimist say that there's little reason to believe the cryptocurrency boom will slow and could even accelerate as the public becomes more and more aware. And on the other side, pessimists say that jumpy price fluctuations, uncertainty around regulation, and also the number of places investors can use Bitcoin as a payment can be limiting.
0: There's also disagreement over whether
1: cryptocurrencies will take over the traditional currency we use in our daily lives, the dollar. Yeah, and there's been some strides made with companies like PayPal and even restaurants accepting cryptocurrencies. Skeptics argue, though, that they have a long way to go before they become an everyday thing. So it really is a wait and see thing. I'd like to buy a pizza with Bitcoin just for the fun of it. Be quite just buy a pizza maybe. <laughs> just buy a pizza.
0: <laughs> I think we need one now. That's your shortcut to cryptocurrency. Onto our recommendations. Each week, we recommend some further listening, reading or watching. This week, mine is a Forbes article on NFTs, those NFTs that I think I understand now, non-fungible tokens. We didn't get into the nitty-gritty of this in this podcast, but they are pretty interesting. And just when you think you've wrapped your head around the concept, something absolutely bizarre pops up. It's one of those ones that's moving quite quickly.
1: My recommendation is a video that Elon Musk promoted on his Twitter account. It's actually an Australian video And what it does in a humorous and succinct way is show basically the crypto boom and how it sort of aligns to what happened to gold in ye olde days. So it's informative and funny.
0: Yeah, gotcha. I'll pop a link to both of those in your episode notes. Thanks for listening in. I hope we did it justice. I hope you understand cryptocurrencies now. If you have a request for a squeeze shortcut, send it through to hello at the squeeze.com.au. Until next week.